Welcome to X-Rated Movies. I'm Ryan Whedon. I'm Matt Fisher. And this is a movie podcast by two guys who used to date. And now, now we don't. don't. Now they get together every fucking Monday and talk about fucking movies. It's the only fucking we do anymore. <laughs> we got to keep that hard R rating going on. Yeah, I mean, this podcast has greatly outlasted our relationship. <laughs> it's got to keep it spicy somehow. So, uh, well, I think our, our movie picks this season ha- have kept it spicy. Yeah? You know, Theo and Hugo was pretty spicy. Yeah. Caliente. Those uh, uh, two messin' appendages uh, definitely did it for me, at least. See, I don't know. Okay, so for some reason, appendages makes me think, <laughs> makes me see, like, arms, like penis arms. <laughs> Picturing, like, a tentacle porn situation. Just, like, swollen fingers and, and elbows. And, uh-huh. I don't know. I feel like a, a, a cock can be an appendage. Don't appendages have to have like a joints or something? And your problem is? My member does not have <laughs> joints. But um, maybe others do. I don't know. I've seen my my fair share. But uh, never one with joints. Well, you can like pop your dick. <laughs> Go on. Well, it's like there's like a, I don't know, a thing. In there, that like, you know, if you press it, it like pops. And then what? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not a bonerologist here. <laughs> oh no, this man's dick is popped. We need a bonerologist immediately. Well, no, it's harmless. Oh, so it's okay if you pop your dick. Yeah. Huh? Haven't okay. you ever like? top someone and like the dick kind of like you know in an attempt to like not pull out your dick kind of like gets like pressed one way or the other and it like will like pop like audibly <laughs> like a little like like uh cracking your uh, even that's a little too loud but like huh. you know like it, like sometimes your elbow might pop or something i don't think so oh i feel like i'd remember that maybe i just get harder than you <laughs> <laughs> i'm worried about your dick now <laughs> Listeners, I, I pose this question to you. If you've ever had your dick pop. <laughs> Does your dick pop? Chime in. Let us know. Tell us your stories. <laughs> Pictures, uh, audio recordings. Mixed media is always welcome. We'll be making a short documentary on the topic. Dick poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like snack food at some shitty seafood restaurant. <laughs> All you can eat dick poppers. Nine ninety nine. Get it now, Red Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Red Lobster just like different combinations of the same thing? Uh, it's like popcorn shrimp. Shrimp scampi. <laughs> uh, shrimp on the barbie. And then lobster tails. Yeah. <laughs> like some combo therein, and you're good. On like a bed of lettuce. Yeah. And uh, served with a fine plum wine. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said I had a topic today. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? We were just on the topic. <laughs> Matt. Yes. I would like to take this moment to... I mean, this is kind of a PSA. I've recently discovered a new streaming service that is amazing called Canopy. Have you heard of it? I have heard of Canopy, but tell me more, Ryan. Well, this is not a paid advertisement. Because something tells me they don't have a lot of money. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Canopy, you get to the library. You just go 
onto their website, sign in with your library card, and you get up to five movies a month that you can watch for free through the library. And they've got an amazing selection. It's a streaming service, you it's said. It's a streaming service. You've got almost every A24 film is on oh, there. All 120 of them. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a quality film releasing company. <laughs> oh, very much so, yeah. So, you got that. You've got, uh, there's a bunch of Criterion films on there. <laughs> tons of documentaries. How much pornography? I couldn't find any, although I just searched pornography. <laughs> I should really be searching for something more specific. <laughs> I get the, the idea of, like, you in front of your computer just being like, Computer! <laughs> pornography! <laughs> Hello, Computer. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like that's, uh, I don't know if many people know about it, but I look forward to the first of the month because it renews on the first uh, because that means I got five more movies I can watch hmm. and uh, great selection of, of things to watch. What were your first five movies? Well, the first, first one I watched was Meshes of the Afternoon for oh. our short and sweets with the deadbeats. Um, but then I watched uh, The Disaster Artist and I watched I Am Not Your Negro. Good stuff. Recommended. Oh, okay. Check it out. I still use Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just doing what any hero would do. <laughs> While we're talking about great places to get movies, uh-huh. t- let's talk about Scarecrow. Let's just give them some free airtime because GD, I want to team up with them, and maybe if we give them enough free airtime, they'll 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 do something for us. They'll just give us free rentals or something. Yeah. A free recording space. Sure. Maybe they'll let us uh, host a night there, a movie showing thing there. A date night there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go on a date with your favorite exes? Uh Uh-huh. It's like a Tinder thing. (laughs) Uh, We're teaming up with Tinder and Scarecrow Video to bring you uh, (laughs) hot dates at the Scarecrow (laughs) with exes and movies. Just hey, I'm just a spitballing. This is on the fly, okay? You know, quality improv there, Robin Williams. Write that one down, Heather. <laughs> Write that one down. That was a good one. Is it like two movies, like or like a movie pops up like on your 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 phone, and you like you swipe one direction or the other depending on if you want to watch it or not? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then when you get there, people will get some kind of marker saying if they swipe to left or right and then that way you know if somebody's just there to hate watch this movie or if they're there to uh enjoy it and you can meet up that way like a sash yeah (laughs) sure everyone's dressed up like beauty pageant contestants (laughs) i was picturing like a helium balloon and like there's like a red balloon if you swiped left and then a green balloon if you swiped right they can't just wear like a yellow hat or something (laughs) trying to make this convoluted Uh, i can't even imagine what your board game would look like (laughs) eight to twelve players two wizards a maverick the arbiter two warriors a corporal and a ledgerman anyway if if you can't rent on canopy go to scarecrow no wait if you can't get to scarecrow use your canopy god that's not catchy either i don't know if you can't pee, scarecrow a pair. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, write that one down. That was a good one. Oh, Heather, put up the partition. I'm tired of talking to him. <laughs>
Should we just go into this? We're just going to dive right in, make a splash. Today's movie... That was my splash sound effect. It was pretty good. Eh, it sounded like a missile. Do you think you could repeat it? Yeah, it is a little more missile-y yeah. now, that I, now that I hear about the second time. Uh, how, about, how about this? Is that more of a splash? A little bit, yeah. It also kind of sounded like a gun. <laughs> uh, what about this one? Better, better. <laughs> now you're getting there. All right, today's movie is the Australian thriller Dead Calm. This movie stars Nicole Kidman, Sam Neill, and Billy Billy Zane's muscular back. (laughs) Like, I wrote down the time when he put his shirt on, and it was not for a long time. Oh, no, it was like solidly the third act. Yeah, he's got his shirt off for the majority of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no complaints here. Yeah, I mean, this was back when Billy Zane was hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman was only 22 when this movie was made. Was she really? Yeah, she's just a little baby. Huh. Yeah, it, uh, Nicole Kidman, who I'm firmly like, Nicole Kidman's one of the greatest actresses to ever bless the screen camp. It's weird seeing her with an Australian accent. Yeah. Like, it throws me off. That's how she talks normally. Yeah. <laughs> well, her and Keith Urban, her husband, are both Australian. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, of course, drop the accent, I'm sure, when they're at home. But when I listened to her, I was like, is she faking it? <laughs> no. no. It, it's how she talks. <laughs> Did you watch the Scottish dub? <laughs> right. It's how it's she gets her end. <laughs> I don't know. That's my apologies to the Australian people. These bloody things are everywhere. They're in their left and a lorry and the bone wizard and all over the Malonga Gildachuk. I got to say, Matt, I picked this movie because, uh, you know, sometimes I want to pick a movie because I just want to talk about it. Sometimes I pick a movie for the podcast because I just wanted to watch it mm-hmm. and figured like, oh, maybe we'll talk about it. And uh, this was definitely one of those things I, I watched a long time ago and was thinking like, I haven't seen that in a while, but I remember liking it. And um, this might inadvertently be my Ryan is wrong pick. Because oh, really? I didn't love it. Uh, my only real problem would be in act two. The first act, we get really solid tension. Billy Zane like comes aboard and it's like he's already this chaos element. And like you're already uneasy and they're all like maneuvering around him. Uh-huh. And... You know, shit happens. You know, he he says that his boat was sinking and that he had to escape it, and he seems real scatterbrained. And my guess is that he had some sort of form of of schizophrenia. Like, yeah, Billy Zane's character reminded me of a slightly more level-headed whatever the dude's name was from Clean Shaven. Okay, like that's the same illness that struck the dude in Clean Shaven. I felt like Billy Zane's character had. So the first act is real solid. I think that the tension builds just right. It sort of builds to a logical conclusion. I love the setup. Sam Neill, the husband, is separated from Nicole Kidman. And it hits this like logical sort of end point for that chapter. Yeah. For that act. And then like I wouldn't say that there's anything necessarily illogical in act two, but I feel like it does drag. Like This is where they were really stretching for time. Mm-hmm. And they were just... 
every scene they were just like, well, let's see if we can make this two minutes longer. And yeah, it just, it lost that like tautness from the first act. Yeah. Something about having to cut back and forth between the two boats to does something to the tension for me. I don't know exactly what it is. Like, it's not that I'm bored seeing Sam Neill's part of it, but it just seems to kind of, I don't know. His plight isn't as interesting to me as what's actually going on on the other boat. Okay, well, first of all, I should say this movie is very entertaining. So Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it from that level, but it just doesn't feel like there's anything deeper than that. Like they're supposed to be on this like yacht, like excursion because they lost their son. Yeah, the the premise of it it was almost like Antichrist. Yeah. It's like Sam Neill and Nicole Kidman are married. They lose their kid in an accident and they sort of like leave the world behind for a little bit to recover from Mm -hmm. everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought was funny because, you know, later Nicole Kidman did Rabbit Hole, which is all about losing your child and trying to get keep their marriage together because of oh, that. God, it's been forever since I've seen that one. Well, anyway. But that never really, like, comes into play. No. I mean, I, I read some things where people were saying that Billy Zane is sort of, like, maybe the ghost of her son, like, coming back to haunt her. But I was like, why? <laughs> why? It has no reason to haunt her. Yeah. You know? I felt that it was just a... Uh, uh sort of a unifying experience like it's something that they can overcome like a new landmark in their life and they can you know move on from the previous landmark in their life which was losing their son Mm -hmm. it's like them collectively overcoming billy zane's presence was like a new thing like and gave them like a sense of accomplishment or something so you think they they stayed together? I mean, I guess, yeah, with our little, that stupid little coda at the end of it, it seems like they're going to stay together after this. Like it galvanized their, their <laughs> yeah, relationship. I, I didn't think that they seemed still very much in love. Sam yeah. Neill was bathing her with fresh water yeah. and made her that lovely little lunch that he ruined. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess it did like the test of that whole situation did bring them back together. Yeah, so, that's true. But it doesn't seem to like the the trauma both of losing their son and then also dealing with that the Billy Zane thing. The weight of those two things never really comes into play. No, and no. That, that I, I was thinking me. that this time too. Like you could cut off like the infanticide at the beginning and the movie would roughly be the same and have like the same emotional weight yeah also they lost their pet i hate it when movies do that i know and i'm so sorry there's no reason for that dog to die i know although i might make an argument that ben's a bad dog why well first of all he went and grabbed the keys that she tried to throw away so bad ben he was just playing fetch. I mean, he was trained to play fetch. Well, bad Ben, bad. Drop it, drop it, Ben. And then later, when uh, she's trying to get the gun out, and he starts barking, mm. and because you know that's where his ball is. Whoa. Strike two, Ben. When she was going for the Elmo Tavares gazpacho, mm-hmm. that, which was that quite literally was... a Chekhov's gun. Oh my god. <laughs> That case was full of Alma Devore's gazpachos. <laughs> this movie's full of them, too. Also, the sedatives was an album. Oh, no, that's true. Culture. Yeah. Um, but then also, ch- third strike, Ben, is when they're having sex, and he's just watching them. And she says, no, Ben, don't watch. I feel weird. And then Billy Zane's like, Ben, stop watching. And then he goes away. He listens to him. It's like, 
You're gonna listen to to that guy? Ben, go away. Dogs respond to authoritative commands. Ben's a bad dog. Do you think Sam Neill knew that Nicole Kidman had sex with Billy Zane? I don't know. That's the question. And while I was watching, I was like, how's she gonna explain this one? It's like, well, I had to have sex with him so he'd be thirsty enough to drink that lemonade with all the sedatives. <laughs> Keep it. Make me another one. I mean, that is maybe the most intriguing part of this because it is sort of a well, power move on her part that I don't entirely understand. Well, Billy Zane's character didn't have to be attractive necessarily. Like, they could have cut out the sex scene and made Billy Zane, you know, played by John Goodman or something. Yeah. But there's a reason why they made him an attractive young man. Mm-hmm. There has to be something a little bit alluring because Nicole Kidman really is less fearful of Billy Zane than Sam Neill is like Sam Neill's the ones like get load the gun and keep it on you. You know, he's the one who locks the door, right? Nicole Kidman doesn't really have that sense of worry about her. I'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, she tries not to have sex with them, but she doesn't try that hard. (laughs) She's like, oh, what a punishment. (laughs) Oh, this turmoil I'm going through, all this emotional agony. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, what is that move? Because then when it's actually happening, she seems upset about it. Like, it seems like a rape. But... Yeah, it's it, it like it seemed like it was a it was a, some sort of calculated move on her part f- for a minute there. Well, yeah, because she was trying to get him to get his guard down. Well, because she started seducing him, and then she's like, "I just got to go to the bathroom." Yeah, and then went to go get the gun. Right. But then he comes looking for her, and you know it gets interrupted, and so she like ends up having to have sex with him before she can get the gun. Yeah, so she so she wasn't actually planning on having sex, but it was just like, oh fuck, now I do because you know, I it was, just, the, gun it was just the prize at the bottom of the box. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I was just curious. I was like, does Sam Neill ever actually know about that? If you were Nicole Kidman, would you tell him? No. I think it just I'm, wouldn't do any good. Yeah, I think I'd keep that one bottled up. Yeah, there's just there's no sense in letting him know that you got a little pirate booty. Like, yeah. Unless she gets pregnant. It's his. <laughs> Surprise, I'm pregnant. I mean, they were boning on that boat all over the place, so. Yeah, probably. Did you think it was a nice boat? I don't know enough about boats to know if it was a nice boat. <sighs> Seemed nice enough to me. I'd go off to the edge of the earth in that boat for, mm-hmm. you know, at least a little while. Yeah. Looking at the boat, I was like, there's like 40 ropes attached to that sail. Like, how do people operate these things? No idea. I mean, both of them would have to be super well-versed in how to sail a boat. Yeah, and they and they both seem very able. Like, because when uh, Sam Neill gets on the, the sinking boat, he gets that thing seaworthy in no time. Mm, does he, though? <laughs> I mean, you got it running it again. It sinks. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd get on there and be like, well, this is my grave now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You think yachts and boats have no contingency plan for a leak? Well, I'm sure they do, but I wouldn't know about it. You, you, you think like one hole in the boat and they just throw up their hands and abandon ship? <laughs> yeah, get in the dinghy, everybody. No, there's like 
A, a pump to pump out water. I mean, A, just big waves will throw in water, so you got to get yeah. it out somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but B, like, on boats, like, you also keep, like, a whole treasure trove of repair materials that, like, you can put on significant holes on your boat. Yeah, I'm sure. I just don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I like this genre of movie where it's, like, on a boat stranded i mean it makes for wonderful scenery and the director did a good job of like even though like it largely takes place on one boat it doesn't feel like you're just in a room or anything like that yeah there's a he kind of goes back and forth between extreme close-ups like it's just you're right up in their faces for a lot of this for i mean there was one scene when like billy zane was like freaking out you sound so much like them ray it's scary now they were trying to kill me do you understand He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'd be scared. And and then, like, there's, you know, there's, like, pull-away shots, too, like, beautiful shots of these boats in the water, like, up from a pie and all over. And, like, just the logistics of filming on a boat seems very difficult to me. Well, I was wondering how much was actually in a boat. It was, like, the stuff, like, in, like, the cabin of the boat really still on a boat? Or was that just on, like, a oh. set where they were, like, rocking the camera or maybe they had it on something wobbly so that it would make motions like it was on water. Yeah, I don't know. We don't see the horizon line in there, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, but I don't know. It's like, yeah, you'd go into, like, the belly of the boat and be claustrophobic, and then you'd have these, like, big vistas, like, out on the top of the boat, and just, like, you know, the blue water was always nice, and, like, the motions of the boat kind of kept, like, every frame had, like, movement in it. It's probably just not very hard to make things look good on a boat. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's probably what it boils down to. Yeah. I was also thinking this time around one plus of this movie is that like it's 30 years old at this point yeah, and it doesn't look it like it looks kind of timeless. There's not any giveaways as to the time period of this movie. There's a little bit near the beginning, specifically the car crash scene Mm -hmm. where I'm like, this has that like early 90s sense of atmosphere. When they launch that child doll through the window. (laughs) I was like, wow, that baby didn't try and guard its face at all. <laughs> but I do like the opening scene when, like, Sam Neill gets off on the train station. There's really no words. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way that the camera is angled and its movement and, like, the look of confusion on his face, like, you already know something's up before any dialogue's been said. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Sam Neill. I mean, I don't feel too bad. He's had a very successful acting career. But I feel like he was kind of typecast as, like, the husband that no one really wants to be married to. <laughs> like, Nicole Kimmons, like, happily married to him, presumably, but then, like, hops on, you know, Billy Zane's D the first chance she gets. Yeah. She's uh, gonna make that D pop. In Jurassic Park, he's fucking, like, fighting for Laura Dern away from Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, in The Piano, like, fucking Holly Hunter's, like, I'll take short and squat Harvey Keitel over you. <laughs> Like, there was just this period of time where it's, like, he was typecast as, like, the husband that, like, women were satisfied with until something better came along. Oh, no. And he's not bad looking. No. And, like, you get the idea that, like, he's charming and sophisticated, but then someone, like, hot and virile comes along, and they just throw it all away. (laughs) He's just, uh, you know, a beta cuck, basically. Yeah. So where do dogs poop on a boat? Is that why they call it the poop deck? <laughs> Is that where like the dogs go? Maybe uh, just when they see him about to do it, they throw him in the water. 
<laughs> the dog's like turn around, squatting, <laughs> watching out for predators, and someone just comes up and tosses them <laughs> in. <laughs> no, no, no! In the bo- in the water, <laughs> the dog would just hold it in forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet the dog just did. Like that's really cruel. But I mean, where does it pee? People take dogs on boats, though. Yeah, like on cruises, even. That's a good. Qu- well, in a cruise, it's big enough to have like a poop deck, a poop area. <laughs> yeah, I like at airports. You know, you have like areas you can walk in, in. the Little Mermaid. Eric brought Max. Yeah, Yeah, Max is running around. You're right. I don't know. That's a good question for our seafaring listeners. (laughs) I think it's because, like, you know, as a dog owner, I'm always worried about where my dog's going to poop. Like, it's it's just constantly on my mind. Yeah, I mean, Tim and I are always talking about did he poop a lot? Did he poop? Oh, sure. You just that's information you need to keep passing along. Your dog poops like at every walk. He does poop often. He poops a lot. Whereas, like, my dog, it's, like, two times a day is what you're aiming for. Okay. And so, like, if you get one, like, first thing in the morning, you're good till the evening. Mm-hmm. But if it's, like, doesn't happen first thing in the morning, like, well, the afternoon walk, then we got to get the poop out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it's a it's a area of concern. So yeah, if I was on a boat, like that'd be the first thing I go for is where's my dog gonna poop? I really wish they would have addressed it on the movie on this movie. <laughs> would have added to the realism of it. Just like yeah, a little five minutes of like them maybe just cleaning could, up dog know, shit they, off the bow of the boat. They could or, have tied this in to the trauma of the kid dying, where like one of them could have like said, "No, Ben, no," and then the other one said, "Don't be so harsh. It was just like you were with our child." Don't say that to me. And then they have a fight and it goes, I'm sorry. That's why we're here on this boat. <laughs> to heal those wounds. Wow. You like dialogue just to be literal <laughs> and talking to the audience. Well, I mean, that's the um, subtext. We could work around what they're actually saying on top of that. Well, uh, they could, the dog could have pooped and uh, they could have been like, uh, no Georgie or whatever the child's name was. And they're like, I mean, Ben. <laughs> And then she looks off out into the distance. He comes up behind her and says, it's okay. It's okay. okay. (laughs) Why don't I make us some tea? (laughs) Fresh water. I'm tired of salt water tea. (laughs) Okay. Did you feel that when Sam Neill opened the compartment on the sinking boat? The one that had the water and the body parts? Yeah. Did you feel that... Those were very unrealistic looking body oh, parts. Oh, yeah. I, first I thought I was like, oh, is there a mannequin on board? <laughs> I was confused because I was like, yeah. oh, maybe he just like faked this whole orgy thing. And it was a way to like get like he was ashamed of what he did. Or I don't know. I was like, well, he was crazy. So maybe he was doing some weirdo shit. But I didn't realize that those were supposed to be like the real bodies. Yeah, like it didn't, it didn't click until a little bit later. I'm like, oh no, they are supposed to be real. Because no, I definitely thought like, oh, is that just like a sex doll? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and that is, that's a problem because if it's not clear if he did it or not, I wasn't sure what to feel because it's a different type of terror if it's dead bodies. But also, wasn't Sam Neill going there expecting to see dead bodies? Like, I don't know. I didn't really understand that terror moment. I think he was. But, like, 
you know, when I was on a boat and everyone got botulism, I quarantined the body someplace safe until a proper funeral could be had. Mm, that's a good idea. I didn't just put them in the water closet and let it fill up with, you know, water and decomposing cadavers. Yeah, okay. Well, that's probably a smarter way to go about it. <laughs> but speaking of the other boat, what sort of cruise was he on? I know. Questions. So many questions. Well, because when Sam Neill's looking through his journal, he sees like a coupon for like a free island cruise or something. Yeah. But... And it sounded like two girls were looking for a person to join them. Well, right. Because like the ad for the cruise was like wanted like uh, young models for ocean cruise or something. Right. Must be good looking and open minded. Which means, like, you have to be hot and you have to be DTF. <laughs> it's like a Girls Gone Wild thing, but with guys, too. And, like, with two girls. <laughs> but what I could pick up from, like, the video that played in, like, the, the hull of the ship there was that the dude was a photographer. And it's, like, explained a little bit in the movie that, like, he took, like, photographs all over the world or something like that. Sure. And he was on, like, another... Uh, photog excursion and you know brought these buxom babes along with them but i was like who's financing this and why did billy zane come along like why is it free yeah i mean billy zane seems to know his way around a boat like he can steer the ship and he seems to know the mechanics of it right and he talks the talk when he comes aboard sam neil's boat he seems to know like the the workings of a boat and things like that yeah so i was like what is he doing here like i guess he could be a crew member like <laughs> it's free on the condition that you know how to sail a boat i don't know but it was very it was confusing to me too yeah i it, and like i just kept picturing the you know like the simpsons sea captain guy <laughs> was just like yar i'll be making a video of you <laughs> you two stand over there and then it just got too crazy for Billy Zane. I don't know. It shouldn't have kept him in a confined space. Yeah, the, I mean, there was something, something must have went sour, which, I don't know, Billy Zane, he's hot, and even when he's talking to Nicole Kidman about, like, her bone structure, you can kind of see that, like, his eccentricities could almost be construed as charming in yeah. the right context. Yeah. You know, I was watching you when you were sleeping. And I got to tell you that your face fascinates me. You know, you're out in the Caribbean. You're drunk on rum. He says that he can sail a ship. And you're like, well, if he's on board, I might get some better looking ladies. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there, I can kind of see it from that angle. But I don't know. It seems a little drastic. I might want to like call in at least one reference. <laughs> Maritime job references might be different. I mean. When I'm throwing the boat, who are you going to call? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, and we know that land contracts are different from sea contracts. We've learned that. So there, maybe there was just different things they had to sign. And Professor Ursula on maritime law. Yeah. <laughs> I took her class. It was very enlightening. I really wish she'd cover up, though. It was very distracting. <laughs> she would always just shimmy her boobs in the class. <laughs> now, <laughs> let's talk about imminent domain. <laughs> Let's see. What did you think of Huey's taste in music? That's oh. Bill, Billy Zane's character. <laughs> the last note that I have 
was awesome music in that video. <laughs> like, oh, when, like rave music? Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know what light was flashing, like strobing light in the, the hull of the boat, but. Would you like a strobe light at your rave orgy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? I want to see just enough, but not too much. Yeah, it'd give me a headache, I think. Maybe if I was on enough drugs. I was going to say, weren't you like a 90s raver child? Yeah, but now I, now I have PTSD. Isn't that all just strobe lights and loud music and boats? Well, not in Colorado. Oh. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those land boats I've oh. heard so much about. Wait, did you just like go off into like a wheat field or something and rave? There, there were warehouses. It's not like this desolate, <laughs> uninhabited plain folk. You I know? did. <laughs> I just, you know, I thought it's not you'd be... Little House on the Prairie, Matt. I, yeah, I thought it was BFE Colorado. <laughs> that was some harsh winters growing up. It was hard. It was hard. No, but I was talking about his, like, laid-back island Jimmy Buffett style when he's on the other boat. Oh, I wanted to look up to see who that was, because I was like, what awful Jimmy Buffett ripoff is this? Oh my god, turn it off. I was half suspecting that it was Billy Zane. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't even like Jimmy Buffett. How would that be if he came over and he's like, I'm putting in my own music. <laughs> hey, doesn't it stand to reason that the music you make should move you? Yeah. And he was moved by that music. I just want one shot of Nicole Kidman like covering her ears being like, ah! Uh- Make it stop. <laughs> That's what makes her jump off the boat. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm stuck on a boat with a madman. Well, I'll fight my way free. <laughs> okay, question for you. Nicole Kidman, very fair-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she's a natural redhead or not. I think she is, I yeah. I think she might be, though, too. So, you know, we have that in common. I would worry, personally, going on a long boating expedition in sunny areas of sunburn oh yeah like i know she wears the that hat at that one point but like there are times when she's just running around like when she passes out on the side of the boat when um oh, samuel yeah. tries to jump and she missed like she was just passed out for a long time well it seems like a long time and like, you think there's no zinc oxide in australia <laughs> well she's like upside down and i definitely don't put sunscreen underneath my chin are you not like on the beach with one of those like big magnifying like cardboardy things to like get underneath your chin? <laughs> well, yeah, but I also slather on, you know, coconut oil. <laughs> so it doesn't t- it takes a mere, you know, 2 to 4 minutes. And then I'm a golden brown. I stay out of the sun just because uh helps maintain a no wrinkles visage. Mm. But yeah, she's a little freckly in this too. Like you can kind of tell, yeah. Um, so yeah, those long days in the sun, those lo- those long days of shooting in the sun, it's not good for the skin. I want to talk a little bit more about Nicole Kidman because yeah. I agree with you that she is one of the most talented actresses that we of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking through her filmography, and she's worked with. Uh, I mean, I knew this, but it was just like very impressive to actually see it as a list is like she's worked with a lot of really great directors i mean she's got years. one of those careers that I, I think is like the envy of other actresses yeah uh because she'll do like you know a blockbuster or like a popcorn flick but then she'll turn around and do some like independent arty movie yeah for every bewitched there's a dogville you know mm-hmm. 
She's got, let's see, Stanley Kubrick. She worked with, I mean, some people would say Sofia Coppola. You know, she did uh, Gus Van Sant. She's done... Um, oh, and that's one of my favorite Gus Van Sant movies, To Die For. Jonathan Glazer. I don't know if you've... Oh, like, Birth. Birth. Yeah, Birth uh-uh. was great. She worked with uh, Yorgos Lathmos. Oh. The, the guy who did The Favorite and yeah. stuff. She was in a Killing of a Sacred Deer, which oh, right. yeah, I yeah, think yeah. was... So I haven't seen The Favorite yet, but I think that was his best. Um, available on Canopy right now. <laughs> Stoker, Chan Park Walk movie. Oh, really? Wow. Just gotten the opportunity to work with lots lots and lots of directors. I don't know. This isn't my favorite role of hers. I feel like she, she didn't. But she's good. Your favorite being BMX Bandits. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I enjoyed watching this, but I just don't have that much to say about it. I feel I mean, bad because like... It was like, my pick. Like, it's a solid thriller, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing more to it than that. Like, I mentioned this last week that this was on my short list for erotic thrillers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it fits into that. Sure. Maybe not a perfect example, but it does fit into that. And, you know, watching now, I'm like, mm, I can see why it didn't make the cut. It's good, but I don't know. There's just other ones out there that kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess one last thing is that I really hate the last scene when he gets the, the like the, final scare, the with the the flame, the flare through the, yeah. the mouth. Yeah, lame. I think it's much scarier if he's just like left on that thing to drift forever. Yeah, well, I do like the bloody handprint. Like Nicole Kidman rolls him onto the 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 dinghy, the inflatable raft, and then they pull him in indeterminate amount of time later and he's not there and they blow some flares into it and sink it and he's not there right and the camera at one point shows like where the rope was attached and there's a bloody handprint on the side of the boat mm-hmm. and i kind of like all of that and i i would like i i think the uh, the perfect ending for this movie would have been the implication that he was on the boat but no proof that he was on the boat sure yeah when he comes in, starts washing her hair, like, I don't know, just robs ooh, it of ooh, mystery. Ooh, ooh. What if you cut to credits right as, like, his hands come in to take over her hair? That could be, that, that could do it, that could mm, do it. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I don't know, it just felt, like, so tacked on and unnecessary because, once again, they're not acknowledging their trauma that they went through. She's just like, mm, can't wait to eat asparagus and angel hair pasta. <laughs> like... <laughs> What's what's the subtext here? Like you're hungry? I don't know. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I think that's the text. Yeah, like, that's not subtext. <laughs> that's text. I don't know. It just. It, I wish there would have been a little more acknowledgement of what they've been through because those those are two huge traumas that these people have been through. Yeah, and I wonder, they're just like everything's fine now. I wonder how it's dealt with in the book because it is based on a novel. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I wonder how it, it it or if it deals with the the ideas of trauma a little bit better. We'll never know. I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, because sometimes I'm wrong. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, this was one of those occasions. Mm -hmm. Matt, when else have I been wrong? Next week in my continuing saga of Ryan is Wrong. Oh, Father. You're so wrong. I'm choosing one that, uh, 
comes with a lot of emotional baggage, let's say. It's going to be controversial to badmouth this one. Oh. But you've badmouthed it to me, and so I'm making you own up to this opinion. Uh-oh. We're going to do Fight Club. <laughs> Great. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to hate on Fight Club. <laughs> I don't know when the last one you saw it was. I don't know how many times you've seen it, but... Anytime that movie's brought up, you complain about Brad Pitt pointing out some ad on a bus. And I'm like, that's your whole reason for hating the movie? Yeah, because it under... Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> Good. So, I'll bring the popcorn. Great. Great. Should we plug our junk and get the fuck out of here? Oh, we have finished the chicken picnic. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at xratedmovies. Shoot us an email, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Give us some topics to talk about at the beginning of the podcast. We are hurting for that. Like, if if you email something for us just to banter about, we will personally name drop you. (laughs) Give us questions. Yeah, send us questions and we will answer them on air. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, at Rated X Movies. Also a place you can pose questions for us. Yeah, just put it right in the comment box. And also, you can check out our website, which we would love for you to do. It's a huge cornucopia of audio delights. Got everything we've ever done there, plus some photos of us. And what is that site? Oh, (laughs) xratedmovies.com. Yeah, actually, I was looking through it the other day because I added a a bonus content page. I noticed. For, like, the clip show, the short and sweets. Just looking at, you know, the hundred regular episodes, our shortened suites, the bonus content, the stuff that we did with $3 Bill Cinema, I'm like, we have done a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. Just If you just figure hundred episodes, and that's like a hundred, you know, they're each roughly an hour, it's a hundred hours of material. So that's like 50 hours of quality content. At least. <laughs> well, at most, maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, check it out. Spend some time with your favorite exes yeah and give us some reviews too you know rate review leave us love we Uh, love love wherever you get your podcasts i think that's everything all right until then next week fight club keep reaching for that rainbow bye